This is section 35 of Mark Twain Speaking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Benefit of Judicious Training Twelfth Annual Reunion Banquet Army of the Potomac Allen House, Hartford June 8, 1881 Read by John Greenman Let but the thoughtful civilian instruct the soldier in his duties, and the victory is sure martin farquhar tupper on the art of war mr chairman i gladly join with my fellow townsmen in extending a hearty welcome to these illustrious generals and these war-scarred soldiers of the republic this is a proud day for us and if the sincere desire of our hearts has been fulfilled it has not been an unpleasant day for them i am in full accord sir with the sentiment of the toast for i have always maintained with enthusiasm that the only wise and true way is for the soldier to fight the battle and the unprejudiced civilian to tell him how to do it yet when i was invited to respond to this toast and furnish this advice and instruction i was almost as embarrassed as i was gratified for i could bring to this great service but the one virtue of absence of prejudice and set opinion still but one other qualification was needed and it was of only minor importance i mean knowledge of the subject therefore i was not disheartened for i could acquire that there being two weeks to spare a general of high rank in this army of the potomac said two weeks was really more than i would need for the purpose he had known people of my style who had learned enough in forty-eight hours to enable them to advise an army aside from the compliment this was gratifying because it confirmed an impression i had had before he told me to go to the united states military academy at west point and said in his flowery professional way that the cadets would load me up i went there and stayed two days and his prediction proved correct i make no boast on my own account none all i know about military matters i got from the gentlemen at west point and to them belongs the credit they treated me with courtesy from the first but when my mission was revealed this mere courtesy blossomed into the warmest zeal everybody officers and all put down their work and turned their whole attention to giving me military information every question i asked was promptly and exhaustively answered therefore i feel proud to state that in the advice which i am about to give you as soldiers i am backed by the highest military authority in the land yes in the world if an american does say it west point to begin gentlemen when an engagement is meditated it is best to feel the enemy first 
that is if it is night for as one of the cadets explained to me you do not need to feel him in the daytime because you can see him then i never should have thought of that but it is true perfectly true in the daytime the methods of procedure are various but the best it seems to me is one which was introduced by general grant general grant always sent an active young redoubt to reconnoiter and get the enemy's bearings i got this from a high officer at the point who told me that he used to be a redoubt on general grant's staff and had done it often when the hour for the battle is come move to the field with celerity fool away no time under this head i was told of a favorite maxim of general sheridan's general sheridan always said if the siege train isn't ready don't wait go by any train that's handy to get there is the main thing now that is the correct idea as you approach the field it is best to get out and walk this gives you a better chance to dispose your forces judiciously for the assault get your artillery in position and throw out stragglers to right and left to hold your lines of communication against surprise see that every hod carrier connected with a mortar battery is at his post they told me at the point that napoleon despised mortar batteries and never would use them he said for real efficiency he wouldn't give a hatful of brickbats for a ton of mortar however that is all he knew about it everything being ready for the assault you want to enter the field with your baggage to the front this idea was invented by our renowned guest general sherman they told me general sherman said the trunks and steamer chairs make a good protection for the soldiers but that chiefly they attract the attention and rivet the interest of the enemy and this gives you an opportunity to whirl the other end of the column around and attack him in the rear i have given a good deal of study to this tactic since i learned about it and it appears to me it is a rattling good idea never fetch on your reserves at the start this was napoleon's first mistake at waterloo next he assaulted with his bomb-proofs and ambulances and embouchures when he ought to have used a heavy artillery thirdly he retired his right by ricochet which uncovered his pickets when his only possibility of success lay in doubling up his center flank by flank and throwing out his chevaux de frise by the left oblique to relieve the skirmish line and confuse the enemy if such a maneuver would confuse him and at west point they said it would it was about this time that the emperor had two horses shot under him how often you see the remark that general so-and-so in such-and-such a battle had two or three horses shot under him general burnside and many great european military men as i was informed by a high artillery officer at west point have justly characterized this as a wanton waste of projectiles 
and he impressed upon me a conversation held in the tent of the prussian chiefs at gravelotte in the course of which our honored guest just referred to general burnside observed that if you can't aim a horse so as to hit the general with it shoot it over him and you may bag somebody on the other side whereas a horse shot under a general does no sort of damage i agree cordially with general burnside and heaven knows i shall rejoice to see the artillerists of this land and of all lands cease from this wicked and idiotic custom at west point they told me of another mistake at waterloo namely that the french were under fire from the beginning of the fight to the end of it which was plainly a most effeminate and ill-timed attention to comfort and a fatal and foolish diversion of military strength for it probably took as many men to keep up the fires as it did to do the fighting it would have been much better to have a small fire in the rear and let the men go there by detachments and get warm and not try to warm up the whole army at once all the cadets said that an assault along the whole line was the one thing which would have restored napoleon's advantage at this juncture and he was actually rising in his stirrups to order it when a sutler burst at his side and covered him with dirt and debris and before he could recover his lost opportunity wellington opened a tremendous and devastating fire upon him from a monster battery of vivandieres and the star of the great captain's glory set to rise no more the cadet wept while he told me these mournful particulars when you leave a battlefield always leave it in good order remove the wreck and rubbish and tidy up the place however in the case of a drawn battle it is neither party's business to tidy up anything you can leave the field looking as if the city government of new york had bossed the fight when you are traversing the enemy's country in order to destroy his supplies and cripple his resources you want to take along plenty of camp followers the more the better they are a tremendously effective arm of the service and they inspire in the foe the liveliest dread a west point professor told me that the wisdom of this was recognized as far back as scripture times he quoted the verse he said it was from the new revision and was a little different from the way it reads in the old one i do not recollect the exact wording of it now but i remember that it wound up with something about such and such a devastating agent being as terrible as an army with bummers i believe i have nothing further to add but this the west pointers said a private should preserve a respectful attitude toward his superiors and should seldom or never proceed so far as to offer suggestions to his general in the field if the battle is not being conducted to suit him it is better for him to resign by the etiquette of war it is permitted to none below the rank of newspaper correspondent 
to dictate to the general in the field end of the benefit of judicious training read by john greenman